However, 529 plans are, in fact, counted in the financial aid formula. So they actually can end up counting against you, which every time I've explained that to a parent that has a 529 plan with any sizable amount of money saved in it, they say, why didn't I know this when I started saving? Well, for those of you that are listening to this episode, guess what? You know ahead of time that saving money in a 529 plan can actually backfire on you in terms of your need-based financial aid. So keep that in mind. Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm excited to be back. And we are going to talk about college today. Oh, my goodness. If you have young kids, you're probably thinking that is so far off. If you have older kids, middle school, maybe high school, then you're really starting to think about this and feel the pressure. Regardless of where you're at right now, I know that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So this will help you because I spent so much time of my financial life, working with families, sending their kids to college and figuring out the best way to pay for college using the most tax advantage strategies that are possible, helping you do your best in order to maximize your opportunities for need-based financial aid and scholarships and grants, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So even if this is an episode you're going to tuck away, or maybe you know some people that you can pass on this information to, just pass on the podcast, share it with other people that are going through this, I think this is going to be a really key episode for really taking control of your finances during probably one of the most stressful times in families' lives, because let's face it, we have the most expensive colleges and universities in the world right here in the United States arguably the best colleges and universities and the brightest people go here. As a matter of fact, a lot of families from around the world send their kids to college here in the United States for that very reason. So let's get started. Okay, for those of you that have toddlers in the house, do not discard this episode because you are in the best position of anyone listening to this podcast to really make an impact. If you've got grade school kids, it may seem like a far way off, but by saving and doing it in the proper manner now, a little bit every year, you're going to be in a much better position than you would otherwise. And we're going to set it up so that you don't have to have this hurt you in the financial aid formula. And for those of you in the late stage, maybe you have kids in high school or even in college already, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do this without borrowing against your house or borrowing from retirement or you know borrowing student loans, whatever it is. Or maybe you're sacrificing the type of college that your student can go to, even though they may be able to qualify for a high-quality private university, but the price tag is scaring you. We're going to talk about all of those things in this episode. So as you can imagine, planning and paying for college can be a rather complex process, but there are several steps that you can take right now to make it more manageable. As I said, If you start early and begin the planning and saving process as the kids are young, the earlier you start, the more time you have to save and plan. 
As time goes on, you're going to eventually start having to research the costs of the colleges that you're interested in having your kids attend. You're going to be looking at tuition fees, room and board, and other expenses. But most importantly, we're going to try to find out how generous the college has been historically and how generous that you can expect. And there's reports that we can run on this that are very, very helpful. So because of my background and spending uh, the better part of two decades in the college funding business, I have access to software that will allow me to find out at any time what the current normal scholarships and grants that are available from a college and depending on what your EFC is, which is your expected family contribution, this is the number that is pinned on you by the government and the colleges, that they tells the colleges how much they think you can afford based on your income and assets. Once that number has been determined, then we can determine what you can expect in scholarships and grants based on the college's history. Another thing you're gonna learn about is something called the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, also known as the FAFSA. This form will get filled out in January before the student's semester in the fall. So if you're a senior in high school, you're, you can fill this out in as early as January the senior year, and you wanna get it done sooner rather than later because it's just easier to get everything in, you can use the previous year's uh, tax return to fill it out, or you can actually estimate what your um, estimated income is for the following year. At this point, there's nothing wrong with having the student look and do research for scholarships and apply for scholarships. Um, these are scholarships outside what the actual college is offering. There are many scholarships available through private organizations, schools, and businesses. And I'm going to list some of the websites that you can go to in order to find some of these scholarships in the show notes. So you'll have that as a resource when the time comes. Another thing I'd like to mention at this point, because so many parents don't take this into consideration in my experience, and that is there are federal work-study programs that you can qualify for that allow the student to work while they're going to school. And these are usually very easy jobs. Um, when I say easy, I mean you could be, you know, checking people's membership card at the school gym just as they come in maybe two hours a day or an hour a day whatever it is it's usually pretty easy jobs light work and they can earn money that doesn't count against them when it comes to scholarships and grants and what we have found over the years is that the the students that participate in work study programs typically have higher grades than the kids that are not because there's a lot more free time at college than there is at high school and they have to manage their time. And having a place to be five days a week can be super helpful as far as helping them manage their time and really do college on a nine to five basis. That's what I try to tell all the students that I worked with, including my own kids. If you do college right, you can do it from nine to five Monday through Friday and still have your social time. But what most kids do is they get caught up in just delaying things and waiting to the last minute and cramming and working nights, uh, you know, because they're going out and staying up. You know what I'm talking about. We all have experienced that if you've gone to college or you've had kids go through this or friends, kids that have gone through this, you know what it's like when they get in college. It's newfound freedom. And many times that comes with bad uh, time management. So the work study program does offer the opportunity to really hone in on those skills of being able to manage your time well during the time you're going to college. Another thing I want to mention is, and some parents like this and some don't, but there is always the opportunity to start the first couple years of college at a community college 
and then transfer with those credits into a four-year to get the bachelor's degree, and that can save a small fortune. Now, if I'm being completely frank with you, I only did this with a handful of families over the uh, you know two decades that I was involved in college funding, but the ones that did it were very happy with it, and there's a lot of history on that. Now, community colleges have become much more... Um, in line with the curriculum that the four-year bachelor degrees require. So a lot of the credits didn't use to transfer and now they do. So it is something to consider if you wanna keep the student close to home, keep them on a schedule and actually save a fortune because classes are probably four to five times higher at private universities and colleges than they are at community colleges. So that's something to think about as you're getting ready for this. And finally, there's the option of having the student take on some of the debt themselves. So having some skin in the game, whatever that amount is, you know, it's always good for them to know that, hey, uh, you know, mom and dad are helping out as much as they can, but I've got this other amount that I've got to be responsible for. And just like anything else in life, human nature is when you have some skin in the game, you know that your hard-earned money is on the line. And, you know, even if it's not their money yet, they know they're going to owe this money when they're done with college. I think that brings on a different level of responsibility and you should consider that. So by following these steps, you can create a plan to pay for college that works for you and your financial situation. Remember, it's very important that you stay organized. You're going to have to keep track of some deadlines and be proactive in seeking out funding opportunities. But if you are proactive and you do this and you follow a system, and again, I can help you guys with this because I did it for so long and I will put some good links in the show notes, but you can always reach out to me depending on where you're at, where your kids are at, how old they are, and when they're going to uh, actually start applying for colleges to help you get this process going. Also, if you haven't even got that on your radar screen yet and you're just thinking about how am I going to afford to pay for colleges, that is another thing that I can help you with. There are so many ways to save and honestly, 529 plans are not necessarily the best and most efficient way to save for college, especially if you're hoping to get uh, need-based financial aid in, your, in the process of having your kids go to college. So we're going to talk about that. I did mention not um, putting yourself in too much debt while you go through this, although it seems like it's hard for most families not to take on some debt since the average American family has saved enough money to send one student to one semester of college, that's the sad statistic, chances are there's going to be some loans. And I want to mention that home equity, and we, we did a whole episode on HELOCs, uh, home equity lines of credit, home equity can be used through um, you know a home equity loan or a line of credit, like I said, the HELOC, and you can borrow against that equity that you've built up in your home and the benefit of that to pay for college is not only the tax break you get because you can, number one, write off the interest. Number two, the money you take out of the equity in your home is not taxable. So you're pay paying for college with tax-favored dollars. And you're in a situation where if you use your home equity wisely, it can actually put you in a better position to qualify for need-based aid. Let me expand on that just a little bit. So if you are to prematurely take money out of your home, and you're going to be using it to pay for college, and you take out a chunk of money that you know is approximately what you're going to spend on college, you can tuck that away in a place that can be 100% liquid, that has a guarantee of principal, a guarantee of interest, and is outside the financial formula, and it can actually help you qualify for more aid. This is called a non-qualified retirement asset. 
And I was able to accomplish this with um, a very specialized, highly specialized life insurance policy that I was actually instrumental in helping um, an insurance company set up for the specific and exclusive reason of paying for college. So I want you to know there are alternatives to the typical 529 plan that you that you probably heard about where you can put money in after tax money into these 529 plans. They buy mutual funds and they can hopefully grow over a period of time. And then if the money is used for higher education, you don't pay taxes on the gains, which is a great opportunity. However, 529 plans are in fact counted in the financial aid formula. So they actually can end up counting against you, which every time I've explained that to a parent that has a 529 plan with any sizable amount of money saved in it, they say, why didn't I know this when I started saving? Well, for those of you that are listening to this episode, guess what? You know ahead of time that saving money in a 529 plan can actually backfire on you in terms of your need-based financial aid. So keep that in mind. Whereas this other program that I set up with a highly specialized life insurance will not count against you in the financial aid formula. Okay, let's talk a little bit about choosing the right college for your students. There is a, um, a tool that is on every college website called the Net Price Calculator. You would use this Net Price Calculator to calculate each college's expenses. So the calculator is great because it'll actually break down not just your college costs, tuition fees, books, etc., but will also break down some of the out-of-pocket costs so you can get a more realistic idea. And this is sort of a new thing. It's, it's only been around for about five or six years, but it's a great tool for you to use to calculate your costs ahead of time so you know what you're getting yourself into. Another revelation that parents have when they're going through this process is because of the sticker price, of public colleges and universities as opposed to private ones, most parents that are looking to save money have their students looking at the public universities first and foremost, and they don't even want to see what those other colleges um, would offer because they feel like they're going to be so far behind the eight ball in terms of how much it's going to cost them out of pocket. Here's, here's what I want to tell you. This is very, very important. Those are the colleges that have deep pockets, the ones that are the most expensive. So if your student can qualify and get into one of these private elite universities, the chances are, if we set you up properly, you're gonna be in a position to receive a lot of free money. And frankly, at the end of the day, I think that's probably what most parents are looking for more than anything else, is a way to get um, free money from the colleges so that they can lower their out-of-pocket expenses. Another thing I want you to keep in mind is there's a lot of different types of scholarships. For example, they have many colleges have what they call diversity scholarships, which um, offer scholarships to encourage students from underrepresented groups to attend their institution. And these scholarships may be merit-based or need-based or a combination of the both. And then, of course, there's need-based financial aid, which um, we've been talking about for the last few minutes. Merit-based financial aid is basically what value the student brings to the school, whether it's for sports or art or music. That talent can add up to dollars in your pocket at the end of the day. So by taking these factors into account, you can develop a better sense of which colleges are more likely to provide you with the best financial aid package. However, it is important to remember that each student's situation is unique and the financial aid decisions can vary significantly from one institution to another. That's why it's important, I tell students all the time, you wanna have, even though you might have your favorite school, your number one choice school, 
You want to have at least five or six colleges that you're applying for so you can get a variety of options when you're getting accepted to these schools. And not all schools are going to accept you. Some schools might whitelist you. Some schools might just flat out say no. So it's always good to apply for, you know, at least four, six, maybe even as many as eight colleges, no more than that. Because I think more than that, just it's going to provide you with a sort of an out of control application season. And that's one of the things that you just don't need with everything else that you have going on at that particular time. The next thing I usually coach my parents on is to make sure that your student is applying to a different range of schools, meaning some of those schools are what we consider safety schools and some are reach schools where, you know, they may be a little bit above the, the, um, the grades and the uh, achievements they've had so far, but they're still within range. And other schools that we know that, you know, your SAT scores, ACT scores are going to more than put you near the top of the class coming in. Those are more safety schools. Knowing those different types of schools are on your list can certainly help you get the offers going and getting a more competitive situation amongst the colleges. Very, very important. And it's also important to understand and know the difference between the different types of financial aid. We've been talking about need-based financial aid, merit-based financial aid, grants, work-study programs. All of these are things that you're going to learn and understand so that when the college offers come in, you know exactly what it is that you're looking at. The next thing I'll mention to you is there are, there are two other types of applications that you can submit. One is called an early action and one is called early decision. And these applications can actually improve your students' chances of getting accepted to those top choice colleges. And it may also increase them receiving a more favorable package because usually when you go early action or early decision, you're telling the college, you are my favorite choice. I will go here if you can offer me something that's acceptable and I'll even pull my other applications. Sometimes that's part of the process. Last thing I'm going to mention to you today is that you need to be prepared to negotiate. And that may sound funny because academia and negotiations don't really usually fit in the same sentence. But I will tell you that if you receive an offer that you feel is inadequate or that we can identify, which I have, again, I use software that tells me when you get an offer from a college, is this a good offer, not so good offer, or is this a great offer? Knowing that can certainly put you in the driver's seat when it comes to asking for, for more money or actually going through the official appeals process, which is basically writing a letter asking for more money and giving them the reasons why. I personally love this part of the business. I mean, I've helped parents receive anywhere from $10,000 to $25,000 more annually um, from the colleges just by pointing out that they had a lower offer than another school or perhaps bringing in some personal situations that were taking place that the colleges weren't aware of because they can't be written in on a financial aid application. So all of these techniques and strategies are very important as you're going through this process. My goal for today's episode was to give all of you that are, have college on your brain that somewhere in your future give you some hope, give you some ideas that you can utilize, give you some techniques and strategies that you can start to implement now that will help you in the future. And as always, guys, you can reach out to me. You know, you can text me. Go to my website, thefamilybusiness.info. Click on the button. Send me a text message. You know, if you want to set up a call with me, I'm happy to do that. This is, I'm driven by this. I love being able to help people with things like this. This is what um, I would consider a step towards building your financial freedom, building that financial wall around your family. And part of that, as you go through this process, for those of you with kids that are going to be going to college someday, 
this is a big expense and you've got to be able to take the bull by the horns and make sure you're not overpaying for college and you're getting your kids into the college that's going to make them happy, successful and prosperous. So with that, guys, as always, feel free to pass this message on to other people. Share the podcast with them. Let us know how you feel about today's podcast. Any questions that you have, feel free to text them over to me. Just go to thefamilybusiness.info. Click on my link on the top right-hand side, and you can find my phone number right there that I text with. It goes right to my personal phone, and we can get you on the path to building that financial wall around your family. Thanks, guys. Look forward to seeing you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.